0: Happy Wednesday, and glad that you are with us for this middle of the week moment. Uh, Listen, we're going to interrupt our normal process of walking through the uh, passage that we preached on the previous Sunday, uh, because there's some things I want to talk to you about. One of the things that I have noticed in uh, all of the hubbub that is going on in our nation and all of the back and forth in social media, red, blue, Republican, Democrat, conservative, progressive, da-da-da-da-da-da-da has been the inability, the absence, of critical thinking on behalf of Christians. The lack of a foundational Christian worldview that informs everything that we think and everything that we do. So I want to focus on Paul's words to the Romans and chapter 12. Now understand how Paul wrote. Uh, Paul wrote... Uh, Usually he would say, hey, here is the sermon, and uh, here's something I'm excited about, and then there would be a hinge verse, and that hinge verse would say, okay, now based on what I have told you, here's what I want you to do. Uh, The key phrase is therefore. Uh, When you hear Paul use therefore, he's usually about to make this transition. I've been teaching and teaching and teaching, now therefore... Here's what I want you to do with it. So the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans is the salvation history of God. Remember, Paul is wanting to go to the church in Rome. He wants to preach there, and he wants to spend time with them, and then he's hoping that church will support his missionary work into southern Europe. So the church doesn't know Paul, so Paul is introducing himself And, of course, he's introducing the gospel he preaches. Now, for 11 chapters, he takes us through the entire arc of the salvation history of God. Chapter 12, here's what he writes. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, for this is your true worship. Now, listen. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good and pleasing and the perfect will of God. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will be able to discern what is good, what is pleasant, and what is the perfect will of God? Now, Paul kind of fakes us out here because you're thinking after he says present your bodies as a living sacrifice that he's going to say be renewed in your soul, in your spirit. That would make sense, but Paul doesn't. He says your transformation starts in your mind. It starts in the way that you think. What you think becomes what you do. What you do becomes who you are, and who you are is your character. That's the way that's done. That's the way it happens. But it always starts with the way that you think. Have you ever done a thought audit? Have you ever sat down during the day and written out the various thoughts that come across your mind? A lot of them are strange. A lot of them are weird. A lot of them are embarrassing. Paul says that's where you start. You start by getting control of what you think. Now, I know you're saying, I can't control what thoughts I have. I have thoughts from all kinds of different places, and they kind of come and go. I don't have any control. Yes, you do. You do have control of your thoughts. It takes a little discipline. It takes a little work. But Paul is saying it starts with the renewing of your mind. That's where everything starts. Now, where does the renewing of your mind start? It starts here with the study of Scripture. Now notice what word I used. I did not say read Scripture. I hope you read a lot of Scripture, but I want you to study the Scripture. I want you to know the flow of the book. I want you to understand How many times Paul uses this particular word? In what context does he use this word? And how does the understanding of all of those other contexts help you understand this particular context? And you're thinking, wow, Mike, that would take a lot of time. Yes, it does. It takes a lot of time to study God's word to the point that his thoughts become your thoughts. It takes a slow reading of Scripture. It takes a prayerful reading of Scripture for God to begin to shape in our minds the way that He thinks. It's the Christian worldview. That way, as you begin to know Him more in these pages, you'll be able to recognize His work around you. You'll say, Ah, this is of God. Or you'll say, hmm, this is not of God. Why? Because it doesn't sound like anything I've ever read about God in the Scriptures. You'll be able to tell what is of God and not of God. You'll be able to discern what is good and what is pleasant and what is the perfect will of God because you will have studied His Word, not read it. Studied it. Take the passage apart. Put it back together. Understand the words. Understand the thought that flows from the first of it to the verse and how that thought then flows to the verse under it. It will take you hours. You may have to do something radical like (gasps) limit your television. (gasps) Turn off social media. You may become an expert in God and not the latest fad. Wouldn't that be an interesting problem to have? Think about it for about 60 seconds, and I'll see you tomorrow.